with another special episode of the podcast. Um, today we have a couple of Laura's and my favorite bloggers, and I, I don't know if I've mentioned this to them or not, but I kind of think of them as, like, the Laura and Sarah of, like, the millennial generation. <laughs> but in a good way. But in a good way, in a really yeah, awesome so. way. And that's Raquel and Sharon from The Book Barbies. And um, they write a really, really fun blog and just wrapped up um, their Sizzle and Swoon week, which was actually two weeks. So That um, was a terrific feature, that was by a the way, guys. feature. So, um, Thank you. It was really fun. I had such a good time reading it. So um, I'll let you two introduce yourselves. Um, but first, before we get started, so this is our big remote uh, high-tech thing because I'm sitting in my house in Portland, Oregon. Um, and Laura is, um, in Denver right now, and Sharon is in Missouri, and Raquel is coming to us from halfway around the world in Saudi Arabia. So, so four different time zones. Yeah. Screw you, East Coast. <laughs> we don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do some serious math with the coordinating. We did. Oh my God. Yeah. I was just like, Raquel, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to figure this time out on your own because I don't I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I have a clock app on my laptop that has like clocks from all over the world and all kinds of time zones to figure out where everybody is. So that how that's how it worked out. Oh, that seems um, very handy. <laughs> so Definitely. Anyway, um so I'd love for Raquel and Sharon for you guys just to introduce yourselves and Sort of tell us a little bit about, you know, your blog and that sort of thing, and then we can get our, our topic on the road. Okay. <laughs> Go, Sharon. This helps everyone know what your voices sound like. Okay. Um, I'm Sharon. I'm half of the Book Barbies right now. Um, let's see. Just, like, talk about the blog. Yes! <laughs> people okay. know about it. Um, well, we blog about uh, predominantly romance and young adult uh, romance, we do both historical, which is both of our favorite, and contemporary. A little bit of paranormal thrown in there, and really whatever else we so desire. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you two meet? Um, it was actually a giveaway. And this is oh, a yeah. giveaway. Yeah, you, you won was, my giveaway. So, yeah, so I mean, giveaways can be really handy because me and Sharon <laughs> are now co bloggers. So yeah, I found it. So true. She was host- Sharon was hosting a giveaway for um. It, it was a Deb Kelly really Eddie book. It yeah. like, the story of us. It sounded like you were you like giving away a blog. <laughs> 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 no, no. I did realize it was a giveaway for the story of us, and thus began the story of us. There you oh, go. See? Oh. See, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, I mean, giveaways can really, you know, be more than just a giveaway. Exactly. You never and, know. And Raquel, I, I mean, I almost introduced you as Raquel from the book Barbies, a.k.a. Blue-Eyed Devil super fan. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. That would be accurate. That really would be. I mean, 
it's that one book that I just push on to everybody. And I have a list of people that have made like that read the book because of me and loved it. I mean, I keep a list. I keep. I'm just a big fan. It's like what I do with people with Friday Night Night Lights. Yeah, exactly. Mm, That's just the perfect analogy because it's just. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, because I basically badger people until they watch the show. She has a whole tree. It's, like, really crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) So I I totally get that, you know? You like what you like, and you want everyone else to understand why it's awesome. Exactly. And and everybody does love that book, so, I mean, I'm not leading anybody in the wrong direction. No, you're an expert. (laughs) Exactly. I totally get it. Yeah. I'm My just sister's... waiting for for you and, and Laura to read it, Sarah. I I'm will just... read it. I promise you I will read it this time. Okay, I'm, what? I'm How have you not read it, it yet? I'm adding to my Goodreads list right now. Yeah. Good life choice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I, and it's like I've been meaning to read it, and I just, for some reason, I have not done it. And That's I, understandable. It, hey, it says that's number two in a series. Can I read the? Can I read it without reading the first one? No. I mean, you can, but it's better. <laughs> she <Sharon> just <laughs> says no. So you're like sucking <laughs> into reading two books. <laughs> Honestly, you can't even read two without reading the third one because the third one is awesome too. But it's not as connected. Like you get Very, you get pre-story with the first one that will help you understand things about the second one better. Okay. And you also appreciate the character growth more because oh, yeah. the hero does go through a lot of character growth. And it's nice seeing that, that like he grows in your eye. So Okay, exactly. they're both added to my Goodreads now. And I think the first one, Sugar Daddy, is a good one for to recommend anyway for YA people because it starts off with the heroine when she's 14 years old. So oh, it's that people can... That one really piqued my interest. It sounded a little bit Nora Roberts-ish, like, in the scenario, because she does that a lot with her books. But, like, I actually kind of like that setup and getting more background. I haven't read any Nora Roberts, (gasps) but I... (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for that. I knew there would be, like, a gasp. I don't know how you couldn't have accidentally read an Aura Roberts, because I know that's how I first read an Aura Roberts book. I've never read one either. Accidentally? Yeah, like, I accidentally read one. That was the first one I ever read when I lived in Santa Fe, and no one used the library. Oh. And so you'd walk into this beautiful, huge library, and all of the brand new books would always be on the shelf on this huge, beautiful display. And, like, it was, I think it was, like, the fourth book in the Chesapeake Bay series. So I picked it up, uh-huh. and I was like, oh, this looks cool. Because it had, like, a sailboat on it, and I'm a sucker for that. And, <laughs> um, but then I saw that it was the fourth book. So I went onto the shelves, and I found the first book. And that was how, and I didn't, I mean, it was basically I accidentally read a Nora Roberts book, and I really liked it. So, you know, it's easy to accidentally read a book. <laughs> Especially Nora Roberts, because she's written, like, 200 of them. That's very true. true. Sharon always says she has a new book out like every month. Like it's unfair when our favorite, favorite author only publish a book once a year and other authors have like a book a month. Yeah, well, Nora is, and she writes all her books. She's not like some like crazy like James Patterson type. James Patterson? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the other one. 
<laughs> That's the other author Sharon mentioned that always published books. So yeah, there you yeah. go. But like, he has he has like, like all the minions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's like James Patterson with someone else with in someone Teeny Tiny. <laughs> and then he has those awkward commercials on television that just totally freak me out. He so, does. Yes. Like on the baseball channel and stuff. He's like, oh, yeah. On like this, like where the commercials are super cheap. Yeah, late at night. <laughs> yeah. They're really weird. I'll have to find a YouTube of them and and post one because it's pretty funny. <laughs> this sounds weird. This does sound weird. <laughs> it is. <laughs> anyway, hey, Raquel, I don't think you ever actually got an opportunity to introduce yourself. I don't think you did either. We just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, Raquel, okay. I know you have a lot of you're you're a very interesting person, and so I I would love to hear more about you. That's nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just like are Thanks you sure for that? Well, I was shocked. Like, for example, when you had mentioned at some point that English wasn't your first language, and I was really surprised because like you I write was so yeah. like a native English speaker. So, well, okay, I'm Raquel, and. Um, originally from Saudi Arabia, but I've always traveled. So, and in Saudi Arabia, we do have an English class. So I've always n- known little English. So, but when I moved here seven years ago, I became fluent. It didn't take me a long time because I was in ESL classes, which is English as a second language. And that really helped me. But it's funny because when I learned, when I first learned English in Saudi Arabia, it was British English. And ah, when I came here, mm. I would say like, British slang, and I would, I would spell it in, in like British spelling, and people would tell me that's wrong, and I'm just like, no. Oh, they this didn't is tell right. you like, oh, no. oh, you're fancy. Yeah, no, it was like <laughs> you're spelling wrong. Like I'm, I'm sure. just like, no. <laughs> but I mean, I kind of got eventually. I got over that, and and I, I forgot all my Britishism, so okay. all American now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, when people hear me talk, sometimes I have a really bad accent when I'm, like, when I'm nervous or something, and they would think I'm Mexican. Otherwise, people what? just don't know. What? People are oh, so goodness. bad at identifying That is really <laughs> Well, it's because I do live in Houston. There's a big Mexican population here, so it's kind of just, oh, okay. But That's what still, she is. Come on. Wow. <laughs> um, and you, did you fail the book Barbies? Or no, actually, it was it was Jen, and I know her Twitter ID is Dancing Greeter, and I, I just saw her blog, and it was like, for two minutes later, I emailed her, and I was like, hey, can I join your blog? You don't know me, but hey, let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, like, and she was like, she was like, okay, and I was like, okay, perfect. It all worked out, and then she left because she was too busy with school and stuff. Because she was just a freshman back then, and I took on and kind of became my baby. Yeah, because you've written a blog for a while. Like I did. I did. But then I was like, I'd much rather have a co-blocker because it's just, it's way more fun, like, planning and just putting our head together and yeah. coming up with stuff that way. Totally so true. Plus, she motivates me to post because I'm just like, oh, I don't want to make Sharon post all the time. So <laughs> then I go and post. Yeah, that's something I need to work on because I kind of make Sarah post all the time. <laughs> I have some feelings of guilt, so. <laughs> but 
you know, whatever. <laughs> so, um, this, the topic I had, um, first gotten in touch with Raquel and Sharon about doing a podcast episode with us, I, I was just like, well, we can just, like, talk for an hour, and for some reason they wanted to have, like, some kind of focus so people would want to listen to the podcast. I don't know. And, um... Raquel came up with a really interesting idea, and it's actually something that um, really got me thinking a lot, which was um, the the subject of family, which is, you know, kind of a big one, but and how it's portrayed in fiction, and particularly YA, but in general, I mean, I have immediately had some thoughts about some adult novels I've read recently as well, um, and there's a lot of some authors do a really great job with um, the way a family is portrayed, and sometimes it's not so great, and, you know, just sort of exploring some of those issues and um, some of our recommendations and all of that sort of thing. So, um, I don't know uh, if anyone wants to sort of uh, kick it off with some thoughts, um, you know. I do. Yeah. I kind of think we should, like... Um say, if you're comfortable with that, if you're an only child or if you have siblings, because I think that kind of, that would kind of, like, I have four siblings, and my parents are still married, happily married, so, I mean, family has always been my life, and so that's why I want to read about family in books, and when it's after, I'm just like, how, why is there no family in this YA book, because my family's around me 24-7, and it's just, everything's family, 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 so... That's why I'm really into family in books, because it just really relates to me. Yeah, and are you, like, the youngest or the oldest? Or I'm actually the middle child. I have an older sister and an older brother and two younger brothers, so okay. I'm the middle child. This is Laura, and I am the youngest of three, and I have an older sister and an older brother, and... My family is kind of complicated, and we have some issues. I don't really want to go into it a whole lot more than that, but suffice it to say that we're not, like, super happy, happy, you know? The pretty much. Yeah, definitely not. (laughs) Um, Well, and then I'm also married, so my husband obviously is also my family, so. Oh, yeah, it gets way more complicated when you get married with the family stuff. This, you know, those of you out there who aren't married, if you get married, just know. <laughs> it's more complicated. Just a heads up FYI. Keep that in mind. <laughs> um, since I just, like, interjected, this is Sarah. Um, I, I'm an only child. And, um, oddly, like, my, ex- my mom has a fair amount of extended family, but... People kind of lived all over the country, so I didn't really grow up with a lot of extended family except for a couple of cousins. Um, and uh, divorced parents, that sort of thing, so kind of just me and my mom. And um, I, my mom actually writes for the blog. <laughs> That's Sandra. So Hi, Sandra. I have kind of a, I think I have like kind of a weird, um, like I often, like I'll see sibling relationships on television or in books or in life, and I'm sometimes like, I just don't get it. 
Like, I really, and it's not like a judgment thing. It's like, a, I really don't understand. I was going to say, I guess that leaves me. Um, I am the oldest of three. I have two younger sisters. Uh, my parents are still happily married. Uh, we're actually all really close to my mom's side of the family, like my mom's extended family. We get together at least once a week and like on Sundays and hang out. And I used to live with my cousins randomly, so actually. Cool. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. funny because my cousins used to live with us. That's that's so funny. Well, my parents moved out into the middle of like nowhere. And so whenever it came time that I got old enough to get a job, I moved in with my cousins so that I would actually be within, you know, driving distance of a place. So, <laughs> yep. I have a big extended family too. And like, and when I say extended, I mean like my dad's cousins in laws, like, and we're close to them. It's just, it's a Saudi Arabian thing that families just, Every everybody and anybody's family, so yeah, I'm just yeah. that's why it's that's why I'm really into family. It's 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 actually really like it's so interesting. It's, I'm I'm like almost like, and I don't mean this in like a creeper way. I'm sort of like voyeuristically fascinated by family dynamics. <laughs> I really don't mean. I don't know of another yeah. way, word. I'm sure that's the wrong word. <laughs> But it's like that show, um, Parenthood, that has all the siblings uh-huh. and like all oh, the cousins yeah. and stuff. And that show yeah. like, blows my mind. It's just, I'm just like, I don't get it. And it that like, show terrifies me. It terrifies me too. It makes me actually glad I'm an only child because I don't think I can handle all those complicated relationships. Yeah. Well, also, I should probably mention, like, my parents are from Korea originally, and we're the only people in the U.S. So I have a huge extended family, but I don't know them at all. So we're kind of, like, adrift, like, separate from all these other people. So I, like, really hardly have any family at all here that I grew up with. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. So... For me, in terms of books, like, I very rarely, to be quite honest, um, see a lot of family situations that actually are familiar in terms of my own personal experience in fiction, which I think is odd. Um, I don't know about you guys, if you sort of see something that's, like, reminiscent of, like, oh, that's um, familiar. Uh, Sometimes. But I think with books, a lot of times it's really easy to create conflict by using the family. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think a lot of times it creates situations that are not familiar to people because they're just used to manufacture conflict that is not realistic. That's true. Exactly. I think that's really true, especially if an author is just looking for a way to have a plot device or some sort of drama going on. It, It would be easy to use that. Yeah, it's like the love triangle is easy, you know, but not realistic. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like we, we reference this a lot, but um, Laura and I talked about the Book of Broken Hearts a few podcasts ago. Oh, my and, God, I love that book. Okay, and, so. like, even as someone who's, like, my family is, like, in no way familiar with that situation, that family, um, but it that is one of the most, like, there was conflict in that family, but it didn't feel like manufactured conflict. It felt like the sort of conflict that families deal with all the time. Um, I agree. I really like that book. I really did, too. Have you read it, Sharon? No, not yet. It's on my list, but I haven't gotten to it. (laughs) Please read it. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, even with the sisters, like, they all felt like, like those relationships were real and, like, a little bit sticky, but mm-hmm. also, like, very warm. 
you know? And I, I really, as sort of a, an, I don't know, an impartial observer of fam- as a family voyeur. <laughs> why did I use that word? Um, <laughs> it, 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 it just felt, it was really interesting and felt real, like people I would know. You know, the sort of, the affectionate sort of bickering and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, like, older sisters who think they know it all. All of that. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny because when I read the book and when I found out that Jude has three older sisters, I was like, I would commit suicide. I have an older sister and <laughs> that is enough. <laughs> hey now, hey now. Older sisters aren't that bad. I, I say, I say. <laughs> I was about to say, I feel bad for saying that because Sharon is an older sister, but I mean, I love my older sister, but I mean, in general, one is enough, especially when you have, like, strong personalities. Oh, it's funny because yeah, my mother has an older sister who's 10 years older than her, and my mother is 66 years old. That makes her sister 76. Her sister still bosses her around. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'll say to her, Mom, why do you let Aunt Joanne tell you what to do? And she's like, well, she's my sister. I'm like, I don't get it. I think yeah. older sisters just have, like, a natural tendency to take care of their younger siblings. And sometimes it could go too far. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> well, like, I feel like older siblings, like, as the youngest, it, it seems like that it's really hard for them to not think of their younger siblings as being babies. Like, I feel like my brother still introduces me as his baby sister. And you're I'm married, like, so... Yeah, I'm married. <laughs> I, wow. Know, but, like, wh- whenever he introduces me to somebody, I'm still his baby sister. Like, it's hard for him to n- not picture me that way or to understand that I'm, like, in an an independently functioning being at this point. <laughs> kind of cute. Sort of. If you're not the one being called baby sister. <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> and then I make fun that. of his receding hairline as younger sisters are wont to do. Oh, well, that's fair. <laughs> well, exactly. That is, that's a fair trade. <laughs> yeah. I think I can understand why he does that because I'm, I'm obviously not the oldest, but since I remember... When my youngest brother was born, I kind of always, will always think of, of him as the baby, even though he's still just 10 years old. But, I mean, I still think of him as a, a baby because I remember when he was born, when he when he first walked and all that. I don't remember when my younger brother, because he's only three, young, young, three years younger than me. So when you go through, like, your sibling's entire life since the moment they were born, you kind of just always think of them in that baby term. Yeah, that's that's pretty true. Like my the middle sister in my family and I are only two years apart, and I don't really think of her that way at all. I mean, we were, were really close, and I consider her more. I mean, she is my sister, but we're also friends and stuff. Whereas my youngest sister, I'm eight years older than her, and I definitely have like that whole growing up and seeing her like still as the youngest. Oh, I don't know. But, yeah, still is the youngest sister, and not exactly a baby, but, um, like, what Raquel was saying. Yeah, and I think that Sarah Oakler in the Book of Broken Hearts really shows that really well, where, like, the older sisters don't necessarily trust Jude's judgment in certain situations in that book, and I think that really shows up there. 
Especially uh, since there's a big age gap in that between her and her sisters. And that yeah. So, Sarah, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I just, I'm going to sit back and be my uh, weird family voyeuristic self. <laughs> it's funny because when people tell me they're an only child, I'm just like, what? I mean, how do you have... How do you survive life? I mean, what do you, like... This is why we read books! <laughs> exactly! <laughs> yes, and when you have siblings, you read books to escape them. To escape them! <laughs> That's really true. <laughs> My best friend has an older brother, but um, he moved out when he went to college, so she would always tell me I'm home alone, or I'm so bored I'm home alone, and I'm just like... I've never been home alone in my life except like five times. <laughs> That's really, I mean, what? It's funny because like if I don't have my like time alone in the house, I get cranky. I can't remember if we were talking about this or I just filed it away in my head. Um, but one of the families that I also really uh, think is wonderful is um, in the Dairy Queen series. Yes. I mean, from like sort of top to bottom, like parents the sibling relationships, that whole dynamic in that family, um, and seeing it through DJ's eyes as, you know, is sort of, I think she feels a lot like kind of the weirdo in her family. Well, yeah, and she's the only girl. And she's the only girl, and, you know, she's, she's like sort of like, she, she has such an interesting relationship with like her brothers and their, um, you know, just their sort of, I don't know, jock culture of, like, brothers and, like, sort of trying to be like them but is also different from them because obviously she's the only girl. I really like seeing how her relationship, especially with her brothers, evolved through that trilogy. Um, Especially, you know, because in the first book you don't really see the two older brothers that much for a number of reasons, but a a lot of it is because they're both away at college. Mm -hmm. Um, But then during, but you always see touches of the family supporting them, especially in the second book because they're big football players and they're on TV and their Saturdays revolve around like Mm -hmm. watching the two brothers on TV. Yeah. Um, and the way, you know, the, that family's faced with a crisis, which I won't say what it is, so I won't ruin a book. Um, Thank you. But I know. Have either of you read, you, have you read it, Sharon and Raquel? Not yet, no. Not yet, but I mean, if it has family, it, it moved up in the to-be-read pile. I mean, it's just I really love true. that trilogy. I really recommend it. I do, too. If you're interested, I mean, there's so many things that are explored in that series. And it's funny, because the books aren't that long, but there's just so much packed into them. And it never feels like it's sort of like a drama soup, you know, where they just keep throwing. It all feels just very tightly written. And DJ's story arc actually doesn't even take place over that long a period of time. No, not at all. But it it is such that time is such a an important and there's so much change that happens regardless when you're, you know, it's that it's she's a junior in high school, right? That's. Yeah. Uh, well, when it starts, she's going into her sophomore year. And then by the that's end, a... she's a junior. Right? Yes, yeah. that's correct. And, um, yeah, it's just like, am I lying here? Um, but the things that happen sort of from that, like, younger, sort of younger teens to, like, becoming an older teen, that, like, very condensed period of time, and as she starts to sort of, 
she has to make decisions for herself about her life and she has to sort of start to see a bit of the sort of adult she's going to be. It's just so spot on. Like, so even if you've never lived on like a dairy farm in Wisconsin and played football, <laughs> no, <laughs> like you totally yeah. get what she's going through and the way like her relationships with her family and friends are really, they're changing fast. And that happens like that's, that's life. And it, it's just done. It's like not, there's not drama. It's just all very authentic. And as the brothers start to see her as like a responsible person, as like more of like someone who's, they can actually rely on. That's, it's very interesting how that happens. And it sort of changes the way she sees herself too. Yeah. And it's interesting with the younger brother too, Mm -hmm. uh, because he kind of has a different mentality than the older brothers. Like he is like athletically gifted, but he's also, it turns out that he's interested really lie in another area. Um, and he feels this need to like hide that from his family, um, and yeah, just kind of figuring out how DJ communicates with her younger brother to like kind of be a part of his life, even though he's very quiet and doesn't want to talk about it. That yeah. was one of my favorite relationships in that series. That's a really good point because she, he very much is like the outlier. Yes, and the fact that the family has to cope with the fact not into as many of the same things as they are, because this football thing is always the thing that's brought them together, is really, it's a pretty impressive feat that Catherine Gilbert Murdoch does with that series and that relationship. I hadn't thought about it until you pointed that out. You guys need to read it. Yes, series. It really just moved up in the TBR because I've heard a lot of good things about it, and now that you say family, I, um, I want to read and it. And I will say, if you're into audiobooks, they are fabulous audiobooks. Like oh, the, good. The girl who does the narration, she she is funny. Like, she just hits the intonation of the Wisconsin accent, and DJ is very sarcastic and very self-deprecating, and the narrator just hits that, like, over and over again. So... It's very. It's a really, really good audiobook. I mean, I was. I would like take the long routes home so I could keep listening. <laughs> that's that's really good to know. Yeah. I drive a lot with my internship, and it's really nice to actually, you know, keep a good flow of audiobooks. Yeah, kind, no, it's really good. Yeah, really good audiobook series. Did uh, Raquel? Did you have any of your sort of favorites that you um, would recommend in terms of like interesting portrayals of families or not so interesting? Well, I just finished Anatomy of a Boyfriend and the Companion Anatomy of a Single Girl by Daria Snow. Uh, I'm gonna butcher her name. Snowdusky. Oh well, just yeah. a hard last <laughs> name. And what I liked about the book, it started with the main character Dom, and she she's an only child. She was really close to her family, and then she kind of started growing up. And when she the first book ends with her graduating, and you see her like. Be, like get freedom and break apart from her family from her parents when she was just when they always dotted on her and she was always hanging out with her parents and doing things with her, with her parents and then she was just like okay I need my freedom now seeing her grow up and just become her own person and not someone who like not not having guardians was a nice it was it's not your usual thing you see in YA because the first book 
is YA, but the second one is more like new adult because it's in college. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I think it worked really well seeing her grow up and trying to live without her parents and just the change, like, usually, like, how she, she used to be homesick when she's away from them, but now she's homesick when she's with them. Yeah, I so I think that's... A lot about that series, which is odd. Neither have I. Yeah, I haven't either. I mean, I've I've wanted to read it for a million years because I first saw it when it came out in a bookstore, but I just started reading them, and they're they're really good. I mean, it's they're not like anything you've ever read because they're really realistic. It's not there's no happily ever after, and there it's not it's probably the most realistic YA I've ever read. I can say that. Oh, wow. Wow. That's quite That's a quite statement. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, like, so the, the sort of, like, the growing up part was what really, yeah. and the way that relates to family. That's really interesting, because I haven't heard much of it. I'm excited to read that one. Yeah, me too. I definitely <laughs> recommend them, because they're both short, and they're funny. I mean, even though they're realistic, they're really hilarious. Well, life is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's just true. true. Um, <laughs> have you all read um, A Northern Light? I know Laura has. Yes. And that's... Um, no. Nope. <laughs> we really need to get on this, Raquel. That's it. For real. That's historical, and it's by Jennifer Donnelly, who also wrote um, Revolution. And I don't know if any of you have read that one, but um, I really, that actually has, it sounds like, even though the totally different types of books, um, thematically kind of similar in that the main character, Maddie, she's, she has to decide, does she want to stay where she's at, and like, because of her loyalty to her family, or does she want to strike out on her own, and like, figuring out that part of life. Like, that's the basically, like, the key theme of the book. And it sort of sounds like it touches on some of those same notes that you were talking about in the, the contemporary one. And I, re I really, I love that book for a number of reasons. Um, but it's one of the, like, it's, I'm real picky with historicals, and like, the a lot of the family stuff, even though it's, like, in no way related to my own reality, like, really resonated with me as, like, those things with, as you're growing up, like, you know, she feels so loyal to, you know, her father and her family, and at the same time, she also has dreams and things that she wants to do, and those things don't always match up. But I think Jennifer Donnelly did a really amazing job with that, and I think that's a pretty universal issue that people have yes. like I think almost anybody is going to come across that growing up where like what you want doesn't line up with what your family wants or what they think that you should want um yeah. and there's plenty of drama in that so it makes me wonder why all this other drama gets manufactured sometimes because, <laughs> because like that's like a really really difficult thing to deal with when like you start to gain your independence and you're like oh my god like Nobody else believes that this is something that I should do, you know? I think that's really challenging. I do, too. The thing with that is, since I'm a middle child, 
I don't kind of have to go through that because my parents went through that with my sister. So she suffered. She was the oldest, you and they kind of learned their past, lesson. Don't you? Yeah, they kind of learned their lesson with her to like let her be who she is. So it's kind of like, oh yeah, don't have to go through that. <laughs> I know people who are like the youngest children in large families. And, like, by the time it got to them, their parents were like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really true. <laughs> Which really irks their, their uh, older siblings. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, like, the worst thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> my sister could attest to that because she's always complaining about how my younger brother gets away with everything. And I'm just like, get over yourself. I mean, it is what it is. Like, thanks for paving the way, big sister. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> um, another one that I had on my list, which is another YA title, um, was Amy Spaulding's The Reese Malcolm List. And that didn't deal with siblings. That was dealt with, like, a, a complicated parent relationship. And that the um, Devin, the main character, um, had, like, had never really known her mother. And um, then, you know ends up having to go live with her mother. And there's a lot of books with that scenario. And, you know, some are good and some are not. Um, but that one really struck me because it doesn't just deal with the the mother and the child relationship, but there's all kinds of other, like, sort of sticky family things. Like the mother has a serious boyfriend and, you know, sort of, like, where does he fit in with this, like, new weird family? And, um, you know, and even the... You know, just navigating the, figuring out a fam, a definition of fam. I actually wrote a guest post for a romance around the corner, and I mentioned this book. It's not published yet. It's published in like a couple weeks. But I, what I said, I'm going to quote myself, which is like the most obnoxious thing to do, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seriously. <laughs> but like, I, the, the thing that struck me with that um, particular book is that I felt like Devin was a really brave character because she... It's a pretty light book, but so I'm making it sound heavy, and it's not a heavy book. But she realized that she had to figure out a definition of family that worked for her, and so did her mother. And I haven't seen, like, and that the way that relationship plays out is really, I thought it was a really wonderful story between those two, and just sort of how. Because it's not easy. Like, parent-child relationships aren't easy to begin with, especially for teenagers a lot of times. And um, watching those two sort of navigate that, I thought was really, really well done. I don't know if you – and, Laura, you read it. I know you have Oh, yeah. I really love that book. Um, and I really especially – I think it's interesting, especially given some of the dynamics in my family with how – is it blood that makes you family or is it something else? And like how much of those things factors into that, you know what I mean? Like into making Mm -hmm. sure that you have a relationship that lasts, you know, because there can be really dysfunctional relationships within families. So you're just like, Oh my God, this person drives me crazy. Oh, but they're family. So I love them. You know, is there ever a point where things tip over? You know what I mean? So those are things that I like to read about, and I think she did a really good job with that. Have you guys That's just another one? That's just another one that we have to add, that I have to add. 
pretty much, right? Apparently, this podcast is like an exercise in extending our TBR list. You know what? Well, I've never read um, Blue Eyed Devil or anything by that author, so you guys are helping me too. You know, I might have read. Did she write Rain Shadow Road? Yeah. I think I read that one. Is that with the magic? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I've read that one. (laughs) Yeah, but it's her. Her contemporary one doesn't have any magical realism, so it's it's really different. I mean, I like magical realism, but I just, like, it wasn't really what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I was like, oh, hold up, but it worked like, for wait, me because I love her. Magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and um, I chat with Amy Spaulding, who wrote the Reese Mac- Malcolm list on um, Twitter quite a bit, because she's a pretty interesting person, and... She said that her next book, which is Ink is Thicker Than Water, which I'm really, really looking forward to reading, she said it has even more family stuff that's, like, there's a lot of family and a lot of family things in that book. So it, hopefully, <laughs> um, that will, because I really have a lot of faith in her ability to, to look at family in a sort of a more nuanced way, and um, so I'm excited for that one, too, though, obviously, I haven't read yeah. it. And then another one that Sarah and I have read, the arc of this, um, but Trish Dollar's upcoming book, <gasps> Where the Stars Still Shine. I'm so excited I love how that. Sarah gasped. I know, I did this like, <gasps> I really, like, I, I have a lot of feelings about that book. <laughs> when I, I got accepted for the arc, and when I did, I did a happy dance, and I went and jumped on my sister and hugged her, and she was sick at the time, so I was avoiding her, and she was like, this must be really exciting, whatever you're happy about. I'm like, it is exciting. Uh, Raquel, what did you think about the family in that book? I haven't read it yet. Oh! <laughs> I was going to drop everything and read it, but it was right, it was the day I was, it was the day before I was graduating, so I was like busy with packing oh, and, you, you know, you all that. Graduation and everything instead of reading that book? Yeah. Lame right yeah. Priorities, come on. <laughs> Had them all wrong. <laughs> so, Laura, do you want to, like, kind of, because, I mean, I know, like, no one, very few people listening have um, read Well, the Stars, Where the Stars Still Shine Yet. So I don't know if you want to kind of give a little bit of a lowdown on that particular. Uh, yeah, okay. So the main character, her name is Cassie. Is that right? Callie. Callie. Sorry. Callie. And... She and her mom have been on the run for years, and she's 17 during this book. Mm-hmm. And basically, her mom uh, kidnapped her. It was a custodial kidnapping. And so she has not seen her dad for many, many years and has very few memories of him. And then uh, at the beginning of the book, uh, due to circum- certain circumstances, she ends up getting returned to the custody of her father and her father has remarried and he has uh, another child by this point. And it turns out that she also has a huge extended family that she does not remember. Yeah, a uh, big Greek family with cousins and grandmas and aunts and great aunts and all of that. Yeah. And all of these people are so excited that she is back, but she doesn't remember them. And it's, a really difficult transition for her um, going from this one person to having this huge group of people like 
it, it's really overwhelming for her. Um, and I think Trish Dollar does a really amazing job of navigating, like, how she still lo- feels a lot of love for her mother, even though that relationship is really dysfunctional. And then, like, how she kind of, like, develops these relationships with this family that she can't remember, but has, like, loved her, like, even though they haven't seen yeah, her I mean, they, for, like, over a decade, they, you know? They loved her even when she wasn't there. And so her return is very much... It's, it's like such a moment for them and it's a moment for her but in a really different way because it's all so new and it's it, and even the cousin whose name has escaped me who just desperately wants to be Callie's best friend you know as part of this big family it's really one of the more it, it's just really well done I love that book so I, can't, I have a lot of things to say about it yeah, I really, I thought that book was really amazing. I really loved it. It's, yeah, I can't think of anything else quite like it. It, like, there's a few books that kind of reminded me of, like, a little bit, but it's mm-hmm. really different. So, I, I, guys, you gotta read it. So. <laughs> okay, oh, the second we I need to it. have a book that Sharon recommends yeah. here, because I don't <laughs> think we've had that yet. Yeah, I even compiled a list. Oh, yay! <laughs> We're all about them. Yeah, I make lists for everything so that it doesn't really say much. But still, here lists. We love lists. Okay, um, well, let's see here. The first one that came to mind whenever we talked about the subject of family is My Life Next Door by Huntley, Huntley Fitzpatrick. Have any of you guys read that? I have. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh, fantastic. Yay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I have like a huge obsession with big families. Um, like um, the original Yours, Mine, and Ours movie. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that with Lucille Ball and Henry Ford. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Like, yeah, they're each um, widowed parents but one has 10 kids and the other has eight and then they get married and they have 18 kids and it's insane (laughs) but uh, like that and then the sound of music I used to be okay well I still am obsessed (laughs) with that movie (laughs) but like I I literally used to watch it daily like my mom can't watch it anymore because I watched it so much (laughs) as a child that I ruined it for her (laughs) but anyway (laughs) this is all to say that I just I have this fascination with like really big families and so my life next door um I really really love that it explored that um and how it could look to an only child like Sam living next door to the Garretts all those years and like seeing that complete chaos but awesomeness um and how she did eventually fit into it whenever she got into the relationship with Jace and started becoming more involved with the family I I just I liked how they addressed it and how there's even kind of a stigma against it to an extent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because people are like, yeah, no, Oh, you're totally is. not responsible and oh you don't want to send your kids to college and all or the things. Like, like oh that. you have this like chaotic family, like you need more yeah. order. Yeah, exactly. And all the judgments and yeah, stuff like that. Like but there are so there are like both positives and negatives to having such a big family, mm-hmm. and I really like that they that um, 
that Huntley Fitzpatrick explored all of the different elements of that. That book is really interesting because I think she did a lot of things really well with that book. Mm -hmm. There were, but there were some sort of like almost like detours it took. Yes, (laughs) and I was like, but you don't need to do like, and it because I love the relationship between the two main characters. Like that is just one of my favorite. The way that the arc of that relationship was just so well done, and like there's like a conflict at the end, and I was like, it didn't need it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Right? Yeah. I mean, it totally took me by surprise. I was like, where did this even come from? What? Yeah. It was, it's like, I don't know. It's honestly a point you could just stop reading that book and feel very satisfied. Like, about <laughs> four-fifths of the way in. And just skip the conflict. Because I thought they did a really... And just the way those two navigated their relationship, mm-hmm. because their families are so different. Yeah. Yeah. And sort of, like, Jace is such an open person, and he's so warm. Mm-hmm. And because it's not just, like, the family size thing, because his family is just very, like, they're very honest. They very, they just put mm-hmm. things out there. They're just, yeah. not really, there's no secrets, really. They're just very, you know, uh, like, almost kind of like this sort of funny, almost hippie family. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just cause that's the, and then her family, which is funny you said she's an only child, because I, I was like, is she... She's not an only child. There's a random. Is she not? There's a random. She, oh, family. she has a random brother, yeah. doesn't she? I don't even a sister. Or whatever. Is it a sister? Yeah. Is it a like, sister? Why did they even? Because she's a total classic only they're child. They're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because she was like away, but then they have like one conversation or something. And she just pops in. And I honestly, yeah. I remember reading it and wondering, like, did an editor decide this character needed a sibling to like make her more complex? Like, I, it was just so almost yeah. an afterthought. Yeah. I, I, I really don't remember, remember the that. sister. No, yeah, me too. Like, like I don't remember now because she was that extraneous. She was so. totally unnecessary. She was an unnecessary sibling. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I was actually just talking about this book earlier today because I met up with another blogger who lives in Colorado. It's Renee of Respiring Thoughts. I don't know if you guys read her blog. Oh, yeah. But oh yeah. yeah. But she. Um, we were just talking about this book for some reason when we met today and we're talking about the twins also that family. And we are like, what was the deal with the twins in that book? <laughs> I, I Matt and Nan, what, I think their names were. Yes, we we're I, like, what was the deal with that? I did a bunch of Googling about that. <laughs> <laughs> and basically they're sequel bait. Like our companion. Oh, yeah. That's like a narrative chi. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan of it either. But that book, like, the family stuff is really, like, except for the, like, kind of WTF plot, and, like, at the yeah. very end yeah. of the conflict, yeah. with, like, the contrast between their families and the way that reflects on the way their relationship evolves. Uh-huh. so well done. Like, that, like, I don't think there's a book that I have more complicated feelings about in terms of, like, things I really loved and things I didn't like. Um... Because, like, even when they go condom shopping. Yes. Like, that, yeah. was, that scene is so, it's still in my head, and it's been, like, over a year since I read it, because they, like, even the way they're, like, she's kind of uncomfortable, and, like, Jace is like, ah, oh, making jokes. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just no secrets in his life. Yeah. You know? And her life is mm-hmm. so many secrets. And it's all about their families. Man, this is making I me want to reread they... this book. <laughs> I felt the exact same way Sarah felt. It was like your review is like my exact would be my exact review. So, yeah, 
Everything Sarah said, I agree with. <laughs> <laughs> so what else is on your list, Sharon? Well, Sarah is used to hearing that sentence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what else is on my list? Yes. Um, let's see here. I have... Um, oh, the Shannon Stacy's Kowalski series. Oh, Kowalski, Kowalski. Oh, I don't know how to say that. I love but those. Actually, I love, I the love them. Three. I'm not a fan of the the last three really <laughs> i haven't i haven't read the last three dang it that's sad but i love the first three especially I love your the first three. except especially is that the which one is, is that the, the fourth this, one this the second. Like the first one. it's the second okay, go one on. pretty it's sure the second one the second one is the um, the fiance plot it's probably your favorite too no i think that's the third one isn't it is it okay i don't i read okay, them like she, the girl i read them out of order i read them out of order too because if it's the fake fiance plot one, that's the first one I read, and that's the third book. Yes. yes the second right. book is the pregnancy book. The second book is the undeniably, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, pregnancy. Okay, the, fake, that is. the fake fiance one is awesome. I love that. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's really romantic, actually. It's it really, really is. It Maybe. really is. And I know, Sarah, you didn't like the fourth one. No, I did not. Because I, I liked that one, but I kind of didn't at the same time. I kind of, it was just, it was kind of, it was disappointing. But I mean, I didn't feel as bad as you did. I, I, yeah. And honestly, I didn't read the, I had found the, the no, I did read, I read all three of them. It's the sixth one, the one where the main character's name is Josh. Yes, okay. your husband's name. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of issues with that book. Because... Okay, guys, I kind of want to spoil the book. Have you guys read it? No. no but, I mean, I kind of know what happens because I, I love spoilers. <laughs> I don't, but if it's terrible, you can spoil me because I won't read it. Well, I mean, I feel like a real jerk face. <laughs> so, it, I'll be vague. So, it's a small town book. Thank you. Like all of her books are. And I and they're, they're, they're always fun. I mean, they're your quintessential small town romance, sort of. And in this... In, the small town that's in the the second grouping of that Kowalski series um, is a really, really small town in Maine. Like, it doesn't sound, like, nearly as awesome as the other small town that's the first three books are in, which is, like, in New Hampshire. Um, <laughs> which is, like, near, it's, like, near to Boston, and they're, like, always doing crazy things, like, going, like, you know, like, off-roading and stuff. Like, the place in Maine sounds like it really sucks. And Josh, the main character, he... He stayed in this small town out of obligation to his family. And the whole plot of this book sort of revolves around Josh really wants to leave through the first two books. And then the third book, he meet basically he meets a girl, or he doesn't meet her. He realizes that this girl who's his good friend is like the love of his life. And so like, you know, the whole crux of this is that he like, oh, now like the small town wasn't bad. It was just that he didn't rate the right person. Like there was this real subtext. And I thought it was really just sort of, like, sad. Like, I just felt like he w- he needed to, like, go fly, little bird. Like, I wanted him <laughs> to go. Like, when the, in the third book, like, I remember seeing him in the first two, and I knew he was going to, who, you know, you can tell him, you know, because she, it's pretty easy to tell who he's going to end up with. And, like, I was like, they're going to go off and have adventures together. This is what I wanted out of the third book. And it was just sort of your small town romance. So I just wanted... What I wanted for his character, after feeling kind of bad for him, like, wasn't what I got. 
like I got a small town romance and that wasn't what I wanted. Mm. So that I don't think that's spoiling the book to say it's a small town romance because all of her other books are. Um, but it just it's like you know sometimes family in your small town isn't enough. Like that <laughs> could make me sad. And as Sarah Wendell at um, Smart Bitches Trashy Books wrote a really really good review of that book that's like very spoilerific. So that yeah. explains in detail because there's a lot of things that happen that facilitate this romance, and um, I'll post a link to it. So, so for those of you who want to be spoiled, because um, it's like she ruins the whole thing in detail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do that, but they warn, so yeah. it's all good. I didn't ruin it, right? No, nope, no, you're good. Nope. I don't feel spoiled. So, at all. But I will say I love the first three of those books, and especially the fake fiance one because obviously that's like my kid. <laughs> but even just yeah. the way his family, the Kowalskis, like they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but yeah, they're so. I mean, like that dinner they go to, the the barbecue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and the football, like oh. the ultimate frisbee or ultimate football or ultimate whatever, whatever game. Whatever they're doing. I mean, the sport. Volleyball game of doom. Volleyball there game you go. of doom. That's it. I mean, they're just brutal. And they're just, I mean, and it's also loving, you know. And But it's just, I mean, that family just seems. <laughs> it's kind of like the family <laughs> on Parenthood a little bit, actually. Except yeah, you like, know, I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, except for with, like, more crazy dance parties. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sharon, what's next on your list? Um, I actually, uh, the, not specifically one book, but the Born In trilogy by Nora Roberts, the Born In Fire, Born In Ice. Have you guys read those? I have not. No. Really? They're good. And speaking of good audiobooks, that is, like, my favorite audiobook narrator ever. Flannery from the Readventure said that they're really good audiobooks as well. Yes, they're fantastic. Um, It's actually an Irish guy that narrates them. And (laughs) funny funny story. Um, I I'm really really picky about my audiobooks, and but I downloaded these in a hurry and from the library because I forgot to get some and I had to get some last minute. So I downloaded them really fast, tossed them on my three player, and was out the door. And then I started one, and I was like, why is this a guy? I don't want a guy narrating my romance novel. I want a girl narrating my romance novel. What kind of nonsensical ridiculousness is this? I I literally, like, (laughs) almost shouted in my alone alone in my car. It was kind of ridiculous. It's an overreaction, I admit, but I did it. (laughs) And then, like... (laughs) Okay, and so I was like, I almost stopped it and, like, just wouldn't tell into music. But I was like, okay... Okay, I'll give it a chance. Maybe it'll be okay. Maybe maybe it'll be like a guy's perspective will be from the guy, and then it'll shift to a woman's perspective. But like five minutes after it started, I was pretty much in love with the narrator completely. <laughs> like he had a great voice and great inflection, and a fantastic accent because I'm a little obsessed with Irish accents. Well, did so, you know that I lived in Ireland? I did not know that. Yes, that is fabulous. <laughs> yeah, how? <laughs> You should read them then, these books, because they take place in Ireland. Thus, thus the Irish narrator. <laughs> but anyway, so the beginning of the book, um, and, and I'm not going to spoil it, but this is like the beginning <laughs> of the first. <laughs> what happens is like established in the like pro- prologue, basically, the very beginning of the first book. And um, 
it's about two sisters in Ireland, and their dad passes away. But they, and then they find this stuff in the attic, and they realize that he um, had an affair when he was younger and had a um, daughter. And that's where, and then she eventually comes in, and that's what the third book is. But um, it, it explores, the, the sisters are completely different. They're Brianna and Maggie, and Brianna is like the, their, their house is a bed and breakfast. She converted it into a little cottagey bed and, bed and breakfast adorable thing. Mm-hmm. And she is like very logical, level-headed, very caring type. And Maggie is like this crazy artist, flaming temper type. But they have a really good sister sisterly relationship. And they were also really close to their dad. But their mom is like this... Horrible, horrible person, basically. But um, there are just a lot of really interesting dynamics that go on there. Um, consider, I, like, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. But there are just interesting things that play there with the respect of, like, what family means and how much you do give to your family. But there is a line to the things that you should have to put up with. Um, before the relationship really becomes too unhealthy to really keep in your life. You know, but, um, I think Nora is underrated in the way she does family in her novels. I really think she is. I really think, I think she gets a toss sort of, cause I, probably because she's so prolific and all that, sort of, mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, I don't know. But she does, she has a lot of depth in her family relationships. Like she in, does. What is, um, uh... Blue Smoke, is that the one about the arson investigator? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, the family in that, I, like, with Nora Roberts, you have to be like, is, <laughs> is that the one with Smoke Jumper? So true. the arson investigator? Is she should retitle one? all of her books with, like, friends' titles. Yeah, the one with like, the investigator. Is oh, that the yeah. The one with the big cat wildlife refuge. I mean, this is where I remember her books. And, um, but in that, in Blue Smoke, like, there's a lot of really, um, like, there's a really tight-knit family in that book, and, um, you know, like, the, the main character, like, moves down the street, and it's, like, kind of, like, she's moved far away, (laughs) and, but a lot of her books have a lot of depth in terms of the family, I mean, the Chesapeake Bay trilogy, I think, has a lot of depth to the family relationships, and that's actually the thing I remember most about that series, to be honest. I actually haven't read those yet, although I've heard they're really, really good. Especially, I think Ethan's, like, does he, he's the, is one of the ones, he's the yeah, one. it's that, whichever one's number two. That's my favorite. It's, yeah. It's, I think, a bit darker than some of her other books, because he's mm-hmm. a really troubled character, mm-hmm. and, um, like, like, the first one is Cam, and it's kind of like a bit of, like, wish fulfillment, like, he's a bit, of, he's like a race car driver, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's great. He's a really good character, but the second one, like, he's a much darker character, and he's much more troubled, and the female lead in that character in that novel is a very strong but complicated person, and Mm -hmm. so there's the dynamics between those two, I think, are a little bit more, like, uh, like, almost, not volatile, I think that's, like, the wrong word, but there's, like, more of a, like a rub with those two kind of getting, because all, you know, it's Nora Roberts, so you're going to have a happy ending, but getting to (laughs) the happy ending (laughs) is more complicated than you usually see in Nora Roberts novels. 
Um, mm-hmm. Because usually the threats in her novels are, like, external. And in that, it's, like, much more, like, the dynamic between those two and them both sort of working out their stuff. And um, so I, I, that's actually my favorite, probably my favorite book of hers. So I, I do like the one with the, the smoke jumpers. The one with... <laughs> <laughs> there it is again. I know. Oh, and I really... What is... Oh, the one with the big cat refuge. Um, <laughs> the one... <laughs> summer I read like all I read was Nora Roberts books pretty much oh yeah see that's I what I did you could do that and still have some books left oh, over I think I've read like 25 oh. of that oh yeah I mean and that's including like I read the one that's in Alaska that's like 900 pages long or something. <laughs> oh my god I don't think it's quite that long it's long <laughs> that would involve the one that's in Alaska <laughs> yeah there's like the one where she's hiding in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Nora Roberts have, has covered everything I with know. all her books. I wonder if she has like Pretty a spreadsheet much. with like character names and occupations, so she just she would have to. <laughs> or she has to like Google herself. Like, I wonder if I ever wrote I a book about. <laughs> I think she would Google herself. That'd be funny. <laughs> I would love it if she did that. That's hilarious. I, she, I mean, like, at what point is it easier just to look up your own Wikipedia page? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I have a friend who's obsessed with names. Like, my best friend, she's completely obsessed with names. And I got her to read the uh, Bridal Quartet yeah, recently. Yeah. And she was complaining about a couple of the names because one of her pet peeves is, like, boys' names as girls' names and girl names as boys' names and... She was talking about, like, the names Parker and Mac and Delaney, and she didn't like them. And I was like, well, really, after you've written, you know, 400 books, you kind of run out of names. You're toward the end of the list. <laughs> really, like, you get at that book and, like, I got nothing. <laughs> I, speaking of that, Probably tell her editor to name her <laughs> Just take over. Oh, Nora. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of the Bridal Quartet books, though, that is actually another one on my list. I um, Have you guys read those? No. no. I think I've read the first one. The first one is my... Towards the end of my Nora binge. Yeah. The first one is my favorite, but all four, all four of them are worth reading, but the first one is definitely my favorite because it has Carter, who is like an adorably awkward English teacher, and yes. I'm kind of in love with him. But anyway, I just thought it really explored the area of friends as family really, really well. Just that you can have this close-knit group of people that are basically family, even though they're not technically blood-related. I know. Yeah, I've read that one. I like it when authors do that. I think Lisa Schroeder's most recent book did that really Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that book is Falling for You. Have you guys read that? No, but I oh, want Oh, no, that's to. the one where they're, like, kissing, almost kissing in, in the, the rain, yeah, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're not going to talk about ignore that. Ignore the stuff. cover. Ignore the blurb. I, ignore yeah. the tagline on the front of the book. Just yeah. read the book. Yeah. It's not at all about what you would think the book is about based on any of the things related to the marketing of the book. Yeah, the Even only thing though, I actually saw was, like, one review of it, so I just I just know what it looks like. I was trying to think of what it was. Even though I haven't read the book, I know the cover and the blurb is not 
does not match the book because I've read reviews, and I'm just like, <laughs> what are they doing? But Lisa in general, and I feel like we talk about Lisa a lot, and um, but she does um, in her books, she does a lot of looking at family in a lot of different ways and looking at friendship in a lot of different ways, and I always appreciate that. And it's never like just like a big part of the book, but it's always these little. Just little things like in um, Far From You with the dead mother and the stepmother and the half-brother and, like, that dynamic. And in The Day Before um, with Amber and, like, her situation, which I can't yeah. tell you anything about um, <laughs> because it would totally ruin the book. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, all of that, like, what does change mean for my relationship with my family? Um, Lisa does a lot of that, those sort of little questions um, peppered throughout her books related to friendship and family that are, um, I mean, I I really love Lisa's books and they just work for me. So um, I sort of feel like a broken record when I talk about them, but that's one of the reasons I like them so much. Maybe it's something with the name Lisa. That's basically the way we are with Lisa Claypas, so it works. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> so it's funny, like, those, when some authors, like, there are some authors, like, I will pick up a book. For, like, I read, um, and actually this was on one of my lists, but I won't interject, but, like, I read Liza Palmer's latest book, and I'd never read a book by Liza Palmer before. Mm-hmm. So I went and I ordered all of her other books. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I loved it so much. And I knew, like, if she wrote this book that was just, for me, so perfect for, like, my brain. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to love all the rest of them. So I have them, like, in a stack. They're actually what I'm using to stand my mic on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, on my nightstand to, you know, read when I'm, you know, needing to read them. And I, But I always think that's interesting, like, when you just know, like, an author's books are going to work for you. That's, like, the best feeling. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, sorry to sort of hijack the conversation there to sort of wax poetic about how awesome <laughs> it is when someone's books work for you. That's okay. Hijack away. <laughs> so anything else on your list, Sharon? Well, I felt like I could not actually do a um, list about family without talking about the Lucky Harbor books because that's another thing that I'm a broken record on. Uh, is um, that Jill, Sh- Jill Shalvis. Shalvis. I, yeah. really I was just going to mention that those. series. I love them so much. So much. Um, re- that's a really fun, that's a fun contemporary romance series. Like, it's, it's very well, like, it does what, like, that kind of contemporary romance should do really well. Exactly. Very well put. I know that sounds like a backhanded compliment, and I don't mean it at all that way. Like, I, I <laughs> yeah, really I don't. Like, most contemporary romances don't hit that note as just pitch perfect consistently as yes. that series does. I very much agree. So okay. care to elaborate, or are you just decreeing? <laughs> you, were, you, were, you were saying everything really well. Is, I was sorry. just gonna. <laughs> and it is said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just gonna talk. I mean. It talks about the three sisters. I'm just going to focus on the original three because yeah. that's the one that really has the more family aspect. I love those. No, all of them are fantastic. But I just thought it was a really interesting perspective because the three sisters are so different and 
they haven't seen each other in a long time or really much at all, depending upon which ones you're looking at. And for them all three to come together and they butt heads, but they have like drunken Christmas tree events together, but they fight, but they do awesome things. And it's just, (laughs) um, I thought it was a really, maybe, maybe not realistic, but sort of still realistic view of the way a situation like that could be. Yeah, no, I, I actually, have either of you read that series, too? No. Yes, I have. The first three books. Yeah, I really liked the first three a lot. I thought they were really fun. and But I, I really liked the relationship between the three sisters as well. And it's, like, she actually, kind of like the Shannon Stacy series, does a really good job of having the family relationship be really rich, even though the main story is the romance. Like, it's mm-hmm. a, a lot of times with those sorts of novels, like, there's this family, they're there for, like, quirky backgrounds, you know, or, you know, comic relief, or, like, some kind of conflict or drama. And, like, she does, like, their the sister's relationship actually changes over those three books. Mm-hmm. And, like, I actually, I think, like, in the third book, which is, is the third book the one where... It's Chloe and the sheriff. And like then, Chloe's the one. Is there a subplot where they're freaking out because Tara's daughter is like dating? Yes. Yes. Like I love that. Like <laughs> just like that. Like and there's that scene in the kitchen. Yeah. That yeah. I just yes. And but she just made that, that book was perfect. Yeah, that was a pretty really much well done. Pretty book. much, yeah. And um. Just, it's like they're all unified by freaking out about Tara's. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. And I love that she didn't just, like, resolve everything with the relationship between the sisters in the first book and then make them, like, you know, fun, sappy, happy yeah, background like in the second one and third one. But, like, there were still totally issues that need to be worked out, but they developed over the course of all three books, and there were good, like, feel-good, happy moments, but it wasn't, like, total cheese. Yeah, it was. I liked that's how hard to fun. do. That's really hard to do. And I liked how it like, Chloe continued to frustrate Tara and Maddie. Like, yes. Even at the, the end of the third book, when there is, you know, sort of more resolution to the relationship with those three, like, mm-hmm. Chloe still frustrates them. Like, they understand her yeah. finally. Yeah. But she's kind of the wild child, and, like, those two just, like, that, like, they kind of don't get it. <laughs> and they mm-hmm. sort of become okay with not getting it. But I love how that sort of that arc went through the all three of those books. Yeah. That's a, I hadn't thought, good, that's a good one. <laughs> I haven't loved the, it is. the other, the other books in the series as it shifted to the other, to that group of friends, mm-hmm. as much as with the, the sisters, because I thought that was very, um, the sister relationship was just so well developed. Yeah. Well, I feel like one of the problems in the, the like four, five, and six is that, she didn't exactly try to recreate it, but she tried to create this really close knit group yeah. of friends. But I didn't, I didn't, we didn't really ever see them interact much. Like they were no. supposedly really close. They were like we're really close, but we're never together. But, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be good. We're gonna get together, like you know, a couple times a book, have some chocolate, talk a little bit, and then oh, go off, like have fun. Yeah, and there but, also uh, wasn't like that sort of natural conflict like between the mm-hmm. sisters. Yeah, um, and it's like friends have conflict all the time. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it didn't have that, like, background arc to, like, progress 
during it. So I, I also really loved those books. I did, but yeah, no, they were, they were missing. They were missing that little extra bit that was in the first three. Any others on that list of yours? <laughs> um, just two more things. Okay. <laughs> um, first, I just wanted to um, talk about Scottish historical romances, which aren't always my favorite, and I don't read a whole lot of them. Mm-hmm. But one thing I love, love, love about them, love about them is the clan aspect and how, Ooh. like, the whole clan is basically a family, even though they're not technically a family. I mean, well, they may not be. You might marry into it or whatever. But once you're there, you are there. Like, you are part of that, and you're part of their, like, extended family. And I just think it's a really interesting dynamic and cultural thing that I really... That's basically my favorite thing about Scottish romances. Is there any of them that you would recommend specifically? Uh, Specifically, the first thing that always comes to mind is Outlander. (laughs) But that's... You know, I was just about to like say a whole other thing. level. That's like a whole other, whole I other have level. I issues with that book. And hugeness. <laughs> it's gigantic. But yeah, yeah. There are there are other things that happen in that book too, and it's not as I don't know. Um, I really should have come up with specific recs, but it just kind of occurred to me like 15 minutes before we started, <laughs> so I didn't really have time to do anything specifically, and I actually haven't partic- like. I don't full out like several of the historical romances. I mean, the Scottish romances I've read. Like, I like aspects of them, but I might not like the book overall as much. I don't so, think I've ever read one. I mean, yeah. unless you count out count, count Outlander, which kind of made me angry. I was no that that doesn't really count. That's that's a whole other. <laughs> I think it's its own genre. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. Like, it really, really is. <laughs> it really is, yeah. It covers everything, so, I mean... It's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a better word. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, it's, it's, that's an accurate word, so it works. <laughs> so, what was the other one? And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was the Penny Royal Green series by Julianne Long. Um, the one with What I Did for a Duke and oh, yeah, yeah. all the other ones. Uh, well, just because the basic idea of the whole series is the two warring families, but it they trade off. Like, one book from the Everseas and then the other book from the... Oh my god, I just blanked on the other family's name. Um, nope, nope. Like, I'll never see I think that series does it well, really well too. Yes. Dang it, that's gonna drive me crazy. Um, okay. Well, anyway, I'll just proceed with that. The Eversees and the other family that shall not be named. Maybe they're related to Voldemort. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's just um, she creates the families really well and how the families are different. Um, and some of the books are more involve a lot more family interaction than others because some they don't interact very much and others they do and I just wanted to mention at least one historical besides the Scottish ones and I think she deals with it pretty well what was that? that's the last name of the other family that's the last name of the other family (laughs) what what did you say? I couldn't hear 
the red moons. Yes, out of nowhere, but that's oh my gosh. There you go. Oh my god. It was out of nowhere, <laughs> and I interrupted you, but. I thought you were having like an episode. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> Someone help Raquel. She's really far away. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yes, thank you, the Redmond family and the Eversea family. <laughs> but. Anyway, Julianne Long just writes really good family scenes, and um, mainly between the siblings, they have really fun interactions and stuff like that. So, nothing in particular to say about those, but um, I just I like the way she deals with it, and it's fun, and it does incorporate family in a really interesting way, yeah. especially since they do you do get the perspectives of the two like totally warring families, like they're each other's enemies, but. They totally have things in common. It's interesting. You know what could be really interesting, and this just popped into my head, is, um, like, some of the urban fantasy and paranormal romance dealing with shapeshifters, mm-hmm. they tend to have packs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And they have very, like, interesting dynamics that are related to extended family and what your, um... You know, like, I mean, the Mercy Thompson series has some mm-hmm. very interesting family um, elements with Mercy and her sort of adoptive family with Bram, and um, then, in, you know, and Adam and his pack and, like, Mercy's integration into his family, you know, his pack slash family um, is, like, you know, it's not easy because she's, you know, an outsider, and, um, I don't know if anyone else is, like, a hardcore Mercy Thompson fan. Um, but, uh, I'll have to read them. They're really good. And I have to say, Patricia Briggs's book signing that we went to. Oh, she's so amazing. She is such a sweet person. Like, she's, she's incredible. Like, she, that, that was the biggest book signing I've ever been to. Aside from, like, the John Green one that was at an auditorium. Um, <laughs> and, oh, God. She, like, she talked to every single person, like, said something personal to every single person. She was amazing. Like, I'm a fan for life out of just seeing how she interacted with her readers. She was incredible. Like, I was just so impressed. This kind of makes me sad. (laughs) She did come to Houston, and I I did plan to go, but that didn't work out. So, uh, it seems like I missed something awesome. Yeah, if you have a chance to see her, I highly recommend yeah, it. Like, I've only read this one book of hers, but I feel like I should just, like, buy all of them, even if I'm never going to read them, yeah. because she was so great at this event. Yeah, she's just so warm, and really just, I was so, I couldn't be more impressed with her. I mean, she was just, she was giving people tips on, like, how to dye their hair with henna. <laughs> <laughs> long time to get through yeah. the line. I'm and one of the really I'm great sure. things about her was she would just like I like the bookstores closing but I will stay as long as you guys have books for me to sign. And there were a lot of people there. And people she took her time with, like, with all of them. Yeah. And there were like people who like go every time she has a signing, you know? And it was like she kind of like recognized them or at least pretended she recognized them. I mean it was really <laughs> It was really, I was so impressed with her. She's, anyway. Um, <laughs> but, and, and, so back on that topic, and even, like, Rachel Benson's, Rachel Benson's Shifter series, 
does, um, which I know it's like such a like controversial series. People either love it or hate it. Like it's there's no middle ground with that series. Um, and the main character, whose name has escaped me because it's been too long since I finished that series, um, trying to figure out her place in that family slash pack is very. Um, like, that was one of the reasons I really liked that series, to be honest. Because she's, like, 24, and she's, like, kind of, there's a lot of expectations put on her, and they're not always what she wants out of life, and she has to compromise and figure that out, not disappoint her dad and her mom, so, anyway, just random tangent, like, I went, I read a lot of Even, no, I think that's a really, I mean, that's an interesting dynamic, you know, because in some ways I think, like, extended families and in-laws and stuff like that can be kind of pack-like in a way. I think they can, too. Speaking of Rachel, even her Soul Soul Screamer series is good about family, Mm -hmm. and the main character interacting with her dad, and then there's Nash and Todd. And their mom. And seeing them in her nap. Yeah, so, I mean, even, even, well, so I guess she does like family. She books. actually, in, in both of those series, like, parents are really well developed. Like, one is an adult series and one is a YA series. And the, like, but the relationships between the main character and their parents changes over the course of, like, Soul Screamers has seven books? Yeah. And Shifters has six. And, like, over the course of those, like, very long series, the relationships with the parents really change and grow and they're like actually well-developed characters which is kind of one of my big pet peeves like why even bother like why not just send the parents on vacation during the setting of the book if like you're not going to have them be well-developed yeah that's true (laughs) seriously i'd rather they just be like conveniently absent (laughs) yeah um and once actually speaking of parents the last one that i had made sure I, i made a note that i wanted to mention was in please ignore vera deets Mm. Um, have you guys heard? I know Laura yes. read it. <laughs> nope. I, I have not, even though it seems like a I classic. Say, so I'm going to get to it, it soon. Vera is kind of a classic, even though it's a relatively new book. I think it really kind of broke some ground. Um, in it's really different. Like, yeah, know, it's weird, but good. In a good way. Yeah. And in... <laughs> A good kind of weird. It's weird. Um, but it's just, it's so smart and different. <laughs> but the father, we get the father's perspective in that novel in the form of flowcharts. Oh, it's so awesome. And, yeah, it's really awesome. And um, I, and getting that glimpse into the way he's seeing his daughter it really changes your perspective of him. Yes. Like, if that wasn't in that book, like, it would be a good book. But, wow. I mean, you really understand a lot more about him and also about Vera and about their family life and their history and everything. I wanted to mention, I just thought of this, but Bruised by Sarah Skilton. Oh, yeah. Um, I really like how she dealt with the dynamic, especially between uh, Imogen and her brother, but also with her parents, because there are a lot of interesting issues in that family that are going on, like with her dad um, having illness issues and health issues and things like that, and how Imogen uh, is coping with that realization. Yes. Um, 
And I really, I think Sarah Skelton did a lot of interesting things as far as relationships there. And I like the fact that the parents were not absent, but that the relationship wasn't necessarily perfect. Yeah, there was, um, like, natural conflict yeah. with the family dynamics in that particular novel, like, at, on all different levels. But it was never like, hey, let's insert a conflict. <laughs> like, it was just very natural and organic to that story and the sort of conflicts you see in a lot of families. Yeah, I agree. So I just wanted to mention that one because I thought that one did a really good job. And more people should read that book. Yeah, they really should. It it does seem like an underrated book. It is. Oh, look, my dog's just busted into the room. What's he doing? Is he trying to get through the cat door again? No, I'm in the bedroom. And so... <laughs> Sorry, guys. One of my dogs knows how to open doors. Come on, and he just opened two doors to get to me. Wow. <laughs> That's dedication. He, he, he's... I think he's trying to tell you that it's probably time for this, this podcast to be longest. over. All right. Anyone have any last uh, thoughts you want to add? What about Sarah Dessen? It seems weird to not talk about her. It seems weird to not yes. mention Sarah Dessen. And anyway, we should wrap up because I've got <laughs> dogs. I've got... And Laura's got to relinquish um, her sister's bedroom to her. Speaking of family. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, For the topic. Thank you so much, you guys. We should do this again. And maybe um, I would love for you guys to, like, give us some, um, you know, sometime maybe some tips on some uh, genres we don't usually read. So uh, just, you know, put that in your hats and think about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I would love to do this again. Okay. Almost Thank definitely. you guys, I had an awesome time Thank too. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening to the Clear Eyes Full Shelves podcast. Be sure to check out our book reviews, recommendations, opinion, and all-around nerdy badassery at cleareyesfullshelves.com or on Twitter at Full Shelves. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. Until next time, Clear Eyes Full Shelves can't lose.